0: Good morning everyone. It's so good to see you today. Today we're going to have a little bit of a different service and uh, we want you to hear some life stories from uh, people who you might know. Hey, let me just introduce uh, some folks uh, to you. Um, uh, For those of you who who are new amongst us, we're just really delighted that you have come. And my name is uh, Mark Ryan, I'm the pastor here, uh, the senior minister here, and we have lots of, lots of you've seen uh, Pastor Nick and Pastor George take care in the service as well. Can I just introduce to you uh, Chloe? Chloe is our pastoral uh, coordinator and leader, and uh, she leads all of our zone pastors and our guests and visitors services. So uh, she's, she's just a really busy person in our church and arranges when people need counselling and all sorts of things. And so we really uh, thank you for your ministry, Chloe. That's just uh, great to have you here. Uh, so that's Chloe. And this is uh, Kevin, who's our worship director. And he, uh, as you, well, I think you can see what Kevin does. Uh, he's been leading our worship team. But also, we just think he's a great uh, member of our staff and so on. Now, Those of us who are on platforms, aren't we just super gorgeous and just perfect? Don't you think we just look like the perfect Christians? Um, The silence is deafening, isn't it? It really is. Um, You know, sometimes you see uh, those of us who lead church as, oh, I wonder what, as, you know, their life is like and so we wanted to share a little bit today our service today is called Faithful God about how God has worked with us and been with us in our lives and we're going to wrap some scripture around the things that we say but um, can I just uh, kind of get you to tell some some of your story today so we're going to do it in three phases so Chloe could you tell us first of all what happened to you in that particular incident in your life?
1: Hi. So, yeah, in, in 2014, um, June the 2nd, I had um, a spinal injury. And what happened was, before that time, I was a very active mum. As, as a lot of you know, I've got three boys who are very active. And um, I was, you know, out walking with those um, boys a lot and playing netball at school with the mums and things. So, I was a very active person. Um, I also... Um, jive dance with um, Nick, my husband, as well, so very active, and um, I'd had a little bit of back pain for a few days, but on that Monday morning, um, it, was, it was pretty sore, so I booked a GP appointment, and went along to my GP, who looked over me, but on the way back, the two-mile journey back to the house, um, I became paralysed from the waist down, um, and um, when I got back home, I couldn't actually get out of the car, nothing would move. On, on my legs. I couldn't feel anything and it just wouldn't move. Um, so uh, uh, I went to hospital and they assessed me and it turned out that I'd had um, a disc had come out of my um, back and crushed my spinal cord and was continuing to crush it. And, uh, and so um, without an, uh, we had an operation to um, take that pressure off, but it was unknown as to um, how, how severe that would be and, and what, what would happen next whether it would stay like that or whether I would get anything back.
0: Wow. So, yeah, I mean, when we first met Chloe, you were a member of the rowing team, I think, in St. Yes, Neons, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you were a rowing team. And actually, the word Olympics was mentioned in, well, on your team a little bit, but... We won't push it too far, shall we? Because I know you'd be embarrassed about that. And also, Nick, uh, Pastor Nick and Chloe, they uh, used to d- be Siroc dancers. Uh, if you know what that is. Uh, you, it's like jive, it's jive like dancing. Jive. Yeah. So you're a very active person. Women's netball team. And then you had this uh, spinal cordia, I think. it's uh, this spinal injury. Cordia equina, yeah. Yeah, and so and some of the medical people in the, in the house will know about that. And so that's what what happened, and it was a real change, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, basically, completely. Nothing would move. I couldn't feel anything from the waist down, lying in bed. That was it. Were you in a wheelchair? Um, Well, not at first, because I couldn't actually get into the wheelchair. So I had to learn how to use, um, like, a board to um, use your hands to move yourself along to get into the wheelchair. Yeah, so it was literally nothing would move.
0: Okay. And so, uh, Kevin, um, um, we're, we're, really, we're really pleased that Kevin's come to our church, haven't we? And we need to stop saying that because he's like, he's just one of us now, that's fine. And uh, Kevin was uh, living in, you, you don't, we, we can't tell you all the testimony, but Kevin uh, was living in Japan. Uh, during the time of when they had a tsunami several years ago and uh, just to let you know he didn't cause it or anything like that Uh, but that started his spiritual journey uh, coming to faith and uh, he went back to come back and live in Cardiff and then Uh, He became a Christian, uh, came to church. He's originally from Ireland. A Catholic background, isn't it, uh, Kevin? And so, living in Ireland, uh, and then in Cardiff while he was at university, and then working there, he uh, went to church on Good Friday. And uh, I know the pastor of that church, and uh, he said, "We never have visitors on Good Friday." And then this guy shows up on Good Friday, but uh, so he came unusually. But that's. uh, there's, there's lots to say about that, but Kevin, uh, you were progressing on, and uh, then say,
2: tell, tell the church what happened to you. Sure, um, so a good sort of maybe three, three and a half years after I got saved, so we're talking about August, September 2015, um, I met someone, and um, another worship leader. She was the worship leader of a church in Northern Ireland, and um, got into a relationship, and uh, we, we dated for about a year and then we got engaged to be married um, so the long and the short of it is um, everything was booked it was all set in stone we had all the invites sent we got to within three days of the wedding and uh, then unfortunately she had a, a change of heart um, three days beforehand so um, I guess it, to, to go into a little more detail she, she was overcome with fear and anxiety and she got to a point where she realised she couldn't go through with it so yeah I was in, I was in a situation where you kind of have your whole life planned out. You think it's all good to go. And, uh, yeah, then it just, like that, gone. Jeez.
0: So, I mean, let me just get, get our heads around of this. So you had a best man and wedding invites and suits and venue booked and church and choirs yeah. and music Absolutely. and everything was booked. Yeah. And then, and then it, it kind of all went away.
2: Yeah, so um, just over the Christmas period, because we're supposed to get married on the 2nd of January, and, and over the Christmas period leading up to it, um, I just noticed a little bit of a change with her and, and day by day it got progressively she, she became more fearful and more overwhelmed at everything that was facing her um, and it all came to a head about four days before the wedding um, where she had a really, really severe panic attack um, and we ended up having to bring her to the hospital and over a sort of a 24 hour period we went from that to uh, I think we're going to not be able to go through with this um, which was from her point of view rather than mine. I, I, I wasn't having any second thoughts, but, but she certainly was. Um, and yeah, over a sort of a 24-hour period, we kind of got to a point where we were like, right, we need to make a decision as to whether we go through with this or not because I've got people that are going to start getting on a plane and flying over to Ireland in the morning, so what are we doing? Um, and uh, she got to a point where she was just like, I just cannot go through with it. Um, And at the time, I thought it was a spiritual attack, but there's more come out since then. But, yeah, she just couldn't go through it, so we had to make the decision to cancel the wedding.
0: So, um, for those of you who are here, today's service is about how God is faithful. And often, uh, there are times when we are in church and we're preaching about the way that God can be faithful One could get the wrong impression that we've never been through anything. And so, at the very end of the 16th chapter of the Gospel of John, the very last sentence, Jesus says to his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble. But then he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. And so, We wanted to, today, share with you about how God can walk with you through some of the things that you might be going through. Um, It's very important today that we don't want you to feel sorry for anyone. What we want you to hear is how God can walk with you. The Bible's really, really clear. Take heart. I've overcome So, Chloe, there you were, you kind of, this this thing's happened to you, and from jive dancing and rowing, messing around with the boys, and playing on the women's netball team, um, what were some of the immediate ways that you felt that God spoke to you in the hours, minutes, days, as you had had that uh, interruption into your life?
1: Okay, so um, when I I was still on the A&E ward, um, uh, I just felt numb. And uh, Nick came to see me and he prayed for me. But I just felt very numb. After the operation, when I was recovering on the ward, um, after I'd had a day to sort of think about it, the implications of of what I was now like. Because sometimes you have an operation and then you are on the road to recovery. Whereas I'd had an operation and nothing had changed. So I was kind of like, okay, so what if nothing changes? and I was quite shocked by that and then I began to get one morning I was really really sad it just everything had hit me and I I was beginning to feel more and more overwhelmed moment by moment and um, just began crying you know just really quietly um, in in the corner of the ward and uh, a nurse heard me and um, uh, she came to see me and dawn was just breaking um, and she pulled the curtains aside and she came to see me and she just said why are you crying and inside I just thought are you kidding me like okay Um, and then I just all I managed to kind of say was I'm just really really sad just really sad and um, she pulled the window aside and she said you know like whenever I whenever I get sad I always look for um, a a rainbow and I always look for hope and I just knew in that second she was a Christian and I spoke to her and I said you know are you a Christian she said yes and I said I was which gave her then a bit more freedom to share with me and she said, oh, when I, whenever I'm going through difficulties, I, you need to worship. And I, in that instant, it, she said the word worship, and in that instant, some, uh, just a flow came over me. And I just thought, yeah, that's exactly. And I just, it was like God said, over here, the direction, this is where you need to go. And in that moment, um, nothing had changed physically, but everything had changed inside me. I just thought, it's okay. God's got it. It's Okay. Um, and I didn't know whether I was going to get better or not, but I knew that God would be there and he was there from that moment onwards. And as I began to, um, sort of begin to think and run through songs in my head, and then I began to kind of hum them and then I began to sing them out loud. And as I did that, I just felt really, really strong and really like defiant about what had happened against me, but like, um, just, just really comforted by that, overwhelmingly comforted, um. And uh, another thing that happened was in that. Um, uh, so th- this was on Monday, was when the injury was. By Wednesday, this was happening. That first Sunday um, was a bit strange because um, it was going to be. Um, by then, it was the first shower I'd had since my operation, and uh, the nurses were coming around And of course, you know they're really busy and everything, but. Um, they had these TV screens, and um, we were watching it, and I'd gotten to know the rest of the ward by then. There's eight of us in, in the bay, and uh, we, we talked a bit, and they all knew I was a Christian, and um, this programme came on. So hang um, on,
0: you'd been there a week, and everybody yeah. knew you were a
1: Christian? Yes, yeah, so once I'd got Kay. my balance board thing into my wheelchair, I decided that um, actually um, I would go around visiting people in my ward... So, because nobody could move. So it was kind of like, you know, a good place to, 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 to do things. And um, that Sunday morning was really special because um, from feeling, as I said, from completely drained and dreadful to God coming back in remembering who he was and just how much power he had um, and feeling really highly connected to him it went to Sunday where um, there was a program on TV in the morning and I didn't know it was on and I was so surprised and um, it was called Spirit Breakout some of you might know that because actually it was BCC on the TV on a songs of praise type program in the morning and I watched that and I told my whole ward because I knew Mark I've known Mark for about 20 years and um, I said, it's Mark. And everybody watched it. They loved the worship. The nurse came round for the shower. And even though it had been over a week since I'd had a shower, I was, I was so desperate to get clean. But I just really wanted to watch this. And in the end, she watched it with me. It was a really special moment. They enjoyed it. None of them were church background people at all. But they all watched it. They all got a lot from it. And they all thought, wow, these people, they're really happy. They're really, they're really excited about something. And that then was also a platform over the next four months to begin to share with them.
0: Wow, Fantastic that, you know, that we, we didn't know that you were in that situation. And on that first Sunday, we were on TV. So that was great. Um, but in a sense, it was worship that you said, yes. I've got to worship in this moment.
1: It was somebody, I needed somebody from the outside to, to prompt me. And it was when she said, like, when I'm finding it difficult, I worship. And as as she said the words worship, it was like something came over me. And I just thought, yeah, yes, that's exactly what I need to do. I get it now. And when I I worshiped, it was like it took me to a place where I just felt comforted. I felt um, held up. I felt stronger. Strength was was rising up in me to face whatever I had to do in front of me. Um, and so, yeah, it was totally worship that changed things.
0: Brilliant. And we want to thank those of you who do work in the caring professions, that, you know, those those words that you say. And I know it's difficult sometimes and you, you can't say some things. And, you know, when patients give you uh, permission to say things. But we really appreciate that which you do because... It's, a, you know, it's another way that God is building his kingdom through what you're doing in those things. So God bless you and thank you for that because that was a real godsend for you, wasn't it? Yeah. So Kevin, okay, I mean, your fiancé Leah, you know, didn't want to move from Northern Ireland and, you know, the wedding's been called off. What was it like for you in the immediate, what was the immediate things that God did for you?
2: Well, to, to kind of tell the truth of it, it needs to just step back just a tiny bit because we probably had about a 24, 30-hour period between when we went from... Um, I don't think I can do this <laughs> to... Okay, we're not doing this. Um, there was a, a kind of a 24-hour journey, and I think... And, and something maybe most people will recognize when you go through something tough, you're hopefully... And, and I guess I praise God for that. But my first instinct was actually to go into... Uh, spiritual warfare mode um, and, and I was naming and claiming and rebuking and shouting like if I could think of it I was going to shout at um, so I was like you know I, I, thought, I, I really thought it was an attack of the enemy I thought the enemy was coming in and trying to uh, trying to kind of steal this from us um, and now I know since Revelation since I know that that's not the, the case but at the time that was a very easy thing to do for me it was and it was from a place of fear actually it was from a place of trusting God's character, but was, I was—I was panicking, I guess, in my own way. So I was really had quite a, a manic kind of spiraling um, thought process and prayer process at the time. So I was like rebuking the enemy and claiming my marriage and, and casting out demons and all of this sort of stuff. And that's—that's that's not a bad thing to do. That's a good thing to do when the situation calls for it. But um, I felt the Holy Spirit stop. And he said, so I was like, Lord, I rebuke the enemy. And the spirit went, stop. And I went, okay. And he said, what is your reaction going to be if, if this doesn't end the way that you want it to? What's your reaction going to be? Let's talk about you. And I was like, did not want to answer that question. Kept going. And then... A few <laughs> But I was stuck spiritually, I was stuck. Suddenly the wind was out of my sails and and the spirit said to me again, really kindly, really softly, what would you do? What is your response going to be if this situation doesn't end up how you want it to end up? And I felt really convicted in my spirit, really, really convicted because I was a worship leader. I had been for a few years at this point. I was very proud in professing Jesus and, and my faith in him and about how it was the foundation on which I stood and the most important thing in my life. And I really feel like the Spirit just whispered a challenge into my heart. And, and it was the realization that if I couldn't worship now, then anything I'd worshiped before didn't really matter. Like if I couldn't worship in spite of my circumstances, then I was only worshiping because of my circumstances beforehand. You know, if I couldn't worship when things were tough, I was only worshiping because previously they'd been good. Um, so I felt a real challenge and I was journaling because it was helping me with my thought process I was journaling to God writing my prayers down to him and and the spirit said again what will you do if this doesn't end the way that you want it to and and I just wrote down and I've still got the journal I just said I'll still worship you and that was just such a grace from God and such a strength from God to be able to even do that because we all kind of hope that when the chips are down um, that we'll be found to be faithful and I really praise God that he gave me the strength and, and the prompting to know that that's what I needed to do at that time. So in the months to follow, it got really bad for me. Emotionally, physically. Like just in terms of my heart and my thought life. It was really, really bad. But I was, I was always able to worship. So even on my worst day, I could worship. I might not have been able to put my shoes on. But I was able to worship. Because God,
0: God God's a connector. He, he says, I'll never leave you. He says, I'll never forsake you. He, he will... You said a phrase earlier, Kevin, something like, your faith is formed in the
2: valley. What was... So, um, praise is heard on the mountain top, uh, but faith is formed in the fire. Yeah. And uh, the praise on the, on the valley will be far more powerful than your praise on the mountaintop.
0: I think what we're hearing today is that everybody has difficulties. Gracious, our country at the moment is in difficulties. But it's where do you look to for that input and that, that strength? There's a book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes. It's a strange name. And in uh, chapter 8, Ecclesiastes, this book about, it's about life. And basically, the message is man, life's hard and sometimes you can't understand it. And uh, there are some things to know and some things to puzzle over and, uh, you know, God's going to be with you but it's not going to turn out how you always think. That's my summary of the book of Ecclesiastes. In, in chapter 8, uh, verse 14, one of the most mysteries is, it says this, it says, um, uh, one of the things that we all puzzle of is wh- why why do bad things happen to Righteous people. And why is it that some wicked people get the good things that righteous deserve? And of course, we don't in any way think that, were, that anyone who isn't uh, in church deserves to have a spinal injury or to uh, their relationship to break down. We're not saying that. But Ecclesiastes just points out to all of us, things sometimes don't turn out the way that the storybook ending is. You know, we don't live our lives on Instagram. Well, I know some of us might do. Uh, we were near the bull ring yesterday and uh, there was a makeup artist. It was a YouTuber. Uh, it's a really famous guy. We'd never heard of him. But we were worried for the safety of those uh, young people there because it was so crowded. But life isn't that, the Bible's theirs. In Romans chapter 8, that nothing, no thing can separate you from the love of God. And that one of the things why you're perhaps hearing, oh, I could worship, is because God reaches down and says, I still want to connect with you. And, that, and, and that's what we mean by worship, giving God his worth in a situation that he says, I am still here. I love you and I care for you. And, and today, we, we really care about your situation. But you know what? We, we can't be there fully, but God is there. Not can be there, not wants to be there, but God is there. Now, I really believe that, in fact, it's not just what I really believe. In Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing a word of God. And what God wants to do is give you a word in your situation. He wants to speak into it. He wants to say, this is my word. And, and to Chloe, he used a nurse to say, worship. To Kevin, he used his journal and the Holy Spirit to say, stop. And, and you know, God wants to give you a word about your situation. It will be based on scripture. It, it won't just be a weird thing. And he wants to speak to you, into your heart, about what you're going through. And it's that word that will enable you to continue. And next week I'm going to speak about the parable of the sower. And one of the things that I notice about the parable of the sower, you know, it says the seeds of the word of God. And, and, um, but if the path's hard, it's hard for that seed to take root. And I just I just wonder today if you are hard. You know, life's trodden you down, other people have trodden you down, maybe, and you know, you've 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 scaled over. I think God today is, is kind of saying, Will you will you open up? Will you will you start putting all the things in why, why your life's not gonna be right? And and we know that we all battle. In my life, I've had a real struggle sometimes about people accepting me as a minister. And one of the biggest reasons is is because I can't drive a car. I've had loads of people say to me, how can you be a minister if you can't drive? And I'm thinking, where's that in the Bible? (laughs) They have to be a chariot driver to drive a car. You'd be amazed how many people have just written me off those of you who know my testimony my own mother never introduced me as a minister for all of her life because she was so ashamed that that's where I was she always used to introduce me oh Mark's a school teacher I said I'm not a school teacher I'm a minister <laughs> but you can't let rejections accidents to make your heart so hard that, that God can't just put that word in That word that says, I'm with you. I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. I've got this. I can recycle this. I can change this. I can direct you to a future. So even though Ecclesiastes may say life's difficult, the Bible also says, but I am with you. And I've got something to say about what you're going through. Can you hear it? Well, guys, having, having now reflected a little bit, and, you know, you've told us the immediate thing that was this worship, and, and that's a grace from God, God saying, I want to connect with you. I'm here. Having been... got some distance from that now, how, how long ago was it, Chloe, since you had four uh,
1: four Four and a half years.
0: Four and a half years. Having travelled a little bit now, what are some of the lessons the longer-term lessons that you feel God has shown you or you've come to?
1: I think it's been a process of... Um, uh, so, so, obviously, I was a wife and mum and pastor's wife as well, um, and I had a job beforehand. And a lot of the busyness of life um, can make you forget who you are a little bit because you're whatever somebody needs you to be in those situations and I think having the, those four months um, was quite a special thing because with that closeness to God through that time and that opportunity to just read the word whenever I wanted to and pray um, more than usual without lots of needs it helped redefine who I was as a person, as, as a Christian and, um, and what God had for me and um, two things I feel like God spoke to me through that time. One, and this was quite early on as well, was was plan and a purpose. Very much, um, my physical body had changed, but God still had a plan and a purpose. That doesn't change. It's the same when I was fully well to when I had this difficulty and this paralysis. I still had a plan and a purpose, and it was my job to find out, well, what is that now? Because that doesn't stop. Um, So I had to find that and part of that was reaching out to other people on my ward and then later on as I came out of hospital, um, I couldn't walk still at that point, I was still in the chair, but um, I uh, got onto um, a a volunteer group called Backup Trust and I uh, volunteered to listen to people and to talk to them when they just come out of hospital and I was able to encourage people and share my faith with people. Now you can only do that if you've been through that yourself. So if I hadn't have been through a spinal injury, I can't actually do that job. That's something that's one of the parameters about that kind of work. Um, Because you've lived through it, so you understand it. And one of the first things they asked me on the telephone is, how did you cope? And that's an amazing opportunity for me to share, well, actually, this is how I cope. My faith helped me cope. And I don't know what I would have done without that. Um, and, and I begin to share with them um, about that. So that's been an amazing way to, to that God's given me permission into people's lives. Um, and the other way was um, very much before I left, I, I had more people visiting me at that point. Mums from school, people from church. Um, and they just felt so sorry for me because they imagined what it would be like to be in that situation but when you're not in that situation and God's supporting you in that, you, you think it must be terrible. But it was one of the most precious times for me because I felt, again, this closeness um, with God. that I've, I've, I think that's the closest I've ever felt to God in my life, um, just daily supporting me and encouraging me. And um, one of the biggest things he spoke to me was, you mustn't let it define you, I define you. Not your situation, not your body, not your circumstances, and a little bit like Mark was talking about driving, very much so, I, I thought, there's, there's a failure going on, if that's the only thing you know about me, is, oh yeah, Chloe, she had a spinal injury, no, Chloe, she worships in church, no, Chloe, she does the kids work, no, Chloe, she speaks life into people, She speaks her faith into people. She shares with them. Now, I want you to know that I'm a Christian and I love God more than anything else. I will not let this thing define me.
0: What what defines us is so important. And, Chloe, I think you're saying Christ is our definition.
1: Yeah, Christ defines me, not not my, my my body, my physical body, not my circumstances. Through that whole time, that doesn't get to define me. Only Christ defines me, and He has a plan and a purpose, and He has to speak over me. What what is in that situation? Um, and and I felt that so so strongly. And do you know what? That is incredibly precious. Um, again, a lot of people felt sorry for me. And it, it, I kind of felt a bit bad because I felt like. But I'm having the time of my life in some ways. Genuinely, I I really mean that. Um, People looked at the um, disabilities and all the difficulties that could be. But because I wasn't looking at that because God was supporting me, he wasn't supporting them because they weren't going through it in that way. They didn't have my outlook. But because God had changed my filter of how I was seeing it, then actually that, that made it a really exciting time, actually. It was a very special time in my life.
0: So it's really great that you have said, well, I've got purpose beyond this, and I've got definition beyond this. And um, uh, we believe in healing, and, uh, you know, God has, uh, some of the people who were injured at the same time as you are still very poorly.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, where are you at? How, how, how are you now?
1: Okay, so um, when I first came out, I was still in a wheelchair, um, and I've had some um, Uh, things back, as you can see. I can walk, which is amazing. Um, My recovery was actually quite swift. I was very fortunate that that Stoke Mandeville was my local hospital, um, which was a very fortunate thing. Um, Also... Well,
0: I don't know about that, Chloe, because um, Stoke Mandeville is a world leader in spinal injuries, and that was your local hospital. So I kind of think that... God's hand was kind of in that to yeah. to kind of place you there. But anyway, carry on. Don't want to contradict in any way. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So so I was there, and also um, it takes normally um, about three anything from three to six months would be the normal time that you would arrive on this, on the rehabilitation unit. Um, and I was there in less than a week, um, which again you know we were praying for that. But it, it's very very rare, very rare that that circumstance happened. Um, and then once I was on the unit, um, again, um, it can be um, permanent, the damage that was caused by um, by the injury, but in my case, I have had bits back as, as the journey's been going on. Um, but again, I, I felt very strongly that um, God can heal, God can definitely heal me in an instant and I absolutely believe that and know that to the core, but... I believe he had a different journey for me in this situation and that was to be able to speak to people, to be able to encourage people through their circumstances. Actually, I've had to experience a little bit of that and so now I um, have got to the point where um, I still have no feeling below the waist. If you touch my leg, I can't feel it. If you stand on my foot, I won't shout. Um, I just won't move. Um, And I have um, balance issues and some of my feet don't work so I can't jump and I can't run. So I still have those legacy issues, yeah.
0: But well, Chloe, the important thing is, is that you're not letting healing define you either. You know that no. you believe in healing. Absolutely. But but you feel like purpose is even more than healing.
1: Yeah, I feel. Um I don't mean to belittle healing at all because I think it's an amazing thing, an amazing miracle that God can do for any of us at any time that we ask or somebody asks us on our behalf. But I feel like that is such a small thing that God had for me in comparison to the journey that he's taken me on because I was listening and because he's been guiding me and the journey that I've been through the last four and a half years. um, I felt like that would limit it. I feel like if it was just healing... That would have been over in an instant. But because of this journey, I've had so much more that God has to offer for me. And he's shaped me and very much defined um, and begun began to redefine who I was. As I said, I was, I was a mum and working and things. And I still am all of those things. But my God purpose has risen up way more i'd I kind of let it subside a lot and he's taken that to kind of jolt me and wake me up and say yeah so exercising that muscle you know in that sense so it's become a much bigger thing and um yeah it was a very special time and um yeah
0: yeah i, I don't know i i just feel that the fact that in the week that you had the actions and then we were on tv it's almost like god is putting your future because we never had any plans for you to be here by then you know you're in a different church and different ministry it's almost like God's flashing up I got a future you know and God does that he's got a future for you God's got a future for you you may have had a real past but in the name of the Lord, I just want to say to you very kindly as a shepherd, God's got a future for you. Amen, church. Amen. And whoever you are today, whether you think we as church people are a bit weird, and, you know, we all say amen and all of that stuff, and you think, oh, I'm supposed to say that. No. God's got a future for you. So, Kevin, you know, how, how long ago... Was, was this
2: uh, so it was two years ago um, at the start of January
0: T- two years ago it 's still quite fresh in one sense, but what are some of the longer term lessons as Chloe has shared? what are some of your longer term lessons that you have uh, learned from God from this incident
2: so one, one of the things that i I learned was I think I look back on it now and i say i 'm probably more like the person God has called me to be because I've gone through this. Like, I don't necessarily believe he caused it, and I could talk to you about how we got to where we got to, but I believe he used it to shape me. Um, and if, if you read through the book of Psalms, which is our example for worship, um, it, you will see that David and the other Psalm writers, they're, they're very emotionally authentic, like they don't he, David doesn't hide any part of, of how he feels from God. Like none of it. Like he engages with his anger and his grief and his pain and his guilt and his shame and, and all of this stuff, you know, when, when stuff is happening to him. He embraces it enough to write a song about it and sing it in church. You know <laughs> I mean obviously they didn't have church the same way we have it, but it, it's important to remember that these are not just prayers that magically got written down, these are songs for use in worship. So he engaged with it enough. And, and one of my prayers for, for you guys, if you're going through something, is something that I learned through it all, which is our circumstance, our situation, our pain, our grief, whatever it is, let it cause you to turn towards God rather than away from him. Take it to him. Like, you, you're hearing some faith stories up here today, and, and, and I want to I be sure that you hear this. Faith doesn't necessarily make the journey easy, but it can make it bearable. It can make it bearable. But we need to invite God in to our situations at the earliest opportunity. The fact that I was able, by God's grace, to choose to worship him so early informed the posture of the rest of my recovery. So don't hide any of how you feel from God. Take it to him. Don't hide it from him. He knows anyway. You couldn't hide it if you tried. So have that space where you say, God, this is unfair. Why is this happening to me? I'm not happy. I need something to change. And then say that you trust him. And then say that you trust him. So, yeah, emotional authenticity. And also, I think we need to reframe a little bit what we think of when we hear the word breakthrough and what that word means. Because I think we, when we are in a situation and we hear the word breakthrough, we think our circumstances, that, that means our circumstances will change. Um, and I believe that too. You know, I believe that God can change circumstances miraculously, drastically, immediately, gradually, however it happens. But that isn't the breakthrough. The breakthrough is God himself. God himself is the breakthrough. Like Chloe's situation, she's had some healing, but she still has a bit of a journey that she's going on with her health. So, and, and my situation, you know, I've still got dreams to be a father and a husband. So if my breakthrough if our breakthrough was defined by whether our circumstances had fully recovered or not, or whether our circumstances had changed the way we would like them to, then we'd still be back at square one. We'd still be on day one. We wouldn't have moved on. We wouldn't, and God wouldn't have been able to do things with us. So understanding that God is the breakthrough. And actually the breakthrough for a lot of us, sometimes for however long, is finding the strength to trust him when everything within you isn't sure. When everything within you isn't sure. And
1: so what I did was
2: I. So sorry, that's loud. Um, Lamentations 3:23 says, "The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases; His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning." And I and I decided that that was true. And it was going to be true over my life. So I, every morning, no matter how, whether it was a day that was bearable or a day that was unbearable, I said, right, Lord, what are your mercies for today? Because I need them. I need them, God. And sometimes that was a day that was easier than I thought it was going to be. Other times it was a terrible day that for one moment I smiled because somebody gave me a hug or somebody checked in and see how I was doing. His mercies are new every morning. Sometimes you've got to sift through the wreckage of it, But his mercies are there. There is mercies in the mess. There's mercies in the mess. And, and, and if you invite God into that process, if you invite him into this journey with you, you'll realize that God never wastes a moment. He never wastes a season. There's fruit to every moment. Chloe leads and witnesses with people with spinal injuries. And, and, and I have had the opportunity to guide people through difficult breakups. Now imagine if I hadn't trusted God when I had the opportunity to. I would have missed something that he was teaching me, that he was revealing to me, that he was placing within me because he said, you know what, maybe this is not about you. Maybe this is for other people. Number one, it's for my glory and it's for my purposes, but it is for other people. Your faith is for other people. Your, your ability to choose to trust me is for other people. And, and if you can do that, where if you're going through something right now, I, I really, I hear me when I say, invite him in. Don't hide any of it from him. And you will realize that he himself, his character, who he is, not even what he does, who he is, is more than anything we could ever face. He is more than your circumstance he is more than your situation he is more than your breakdown and he is your breakthrough so do not shut him out you have no idea how God is going to use right now right now in this moment God is going to use now where you are right now to change people's lives I believe that
0: that's a great revelation Gina's going to sing a song over you in a minute but you know it's a great revelation your circumstances aren't the breakthrough God is the breakthrough getting close to Him knowing Him hearing Him letting Him change you letting Him minister to you can I read some truth over you it's from Psalm 46 God is our refuge strength an ever present help in trouble he doesn't look the other way when trouble comes to you he's present therefore we will not fear and I want to speak to fear in this house in the name of Jesus fear be gone because you have a future Therefore we will not fear. And this happened to Chloe. Though the earth give way. And the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Though its waters roar and foam. And the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river. Whose streams make glad the city of God. And that river of the Holy Spirit wants to bathe you and love you and bless you change you and lift you and heal you and fill you with purpose and life and one day I'm going to stand in that city where that river is physically and I'm going to see that river because so that's our hope because this isn't all that there is the holy place where the most hell- high dwells God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. Nations are in uproar. And Jesus, we just pray for Venezuela today. We pray for that precious nation, that you will heal it and change that which is going on. And Lord, we would intercede for Zimbabwe right now. Lord, that you would touch that nation and minister deeply into their hearts. And bring your healing into that nation. And Father, we would not forget the UK right now. Bring healing from the division that we're in. Heal us, Lord. Nations are in uproar and kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come see what the Lord has done, the desolations He's brought on the earth. He makes wars to cease, the end to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear, burns shields with fire. And He says, Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. That I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Hey, would you say that with me? The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's say that again. The, jo- the God of Jacob is our fortress. loves you today would you remain seated would you be still worshipping him as Gina sings this song over, over you
2: and over us